Welcome to the Universal Dancer Podcast with your host, Leslie Zare, author of The Alchemy of Dance and The Alchemia Remedies, coming to you from Cairo, Egypt, the ancient land of Chem. Journey with us to explore sacred dance, the sacred arts, the mystical and the magical. Join a community of like-minded souls seeking to understand the cosmic dance of co-creation through the sacred arts. Come along and expand your mind, ignite your creativity, and explore something new and something old. Welcome, welcome to the Universal Dancer podcast. I'm Leslie Zare, your host, and I have another special guest today. So why don't we just introduce her and we'll jump right in. Laura Jane, founder of The Art of Woman, is a sensual feminine embodiment guide, working with the powerful healing modality of dance and the glorious art form that is burlesque. She helps women to reconnect their bodies, their femininity, their passions, and their joy, as well as their innate sensuality, running online burlesque muse workshops and coaching programs that assist women in unearthing their unique expression, healing their inner critic, cultivating body love, and journeying towards meeting their inner creative muse. Laura originally trained in ballet and contemporary dance at Central School of Ballet, but has since explored and trained within other techniques, such as Isadora Duncan dance, and is trained within the facilitation of chakra dance and dance movement therapy. She offers monthly seductive siren dance classes within the level two of her membership on Patreon, and has also devised her own technique of sensual goddess bar, merging the genres of ballet and burlesque. She has other online offerings and classes, such as Feminine Flow Dance, Sensual Woman, ASMR, Healing Reiki Dance. Let's welcome Laura to the show. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the show. Hi, Leslie. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to get into this topic. But uh, before I do that, maybe you can tell us a little bit about how you got into dance. Is this something that started in childhood or later on? Just tell us a bit about how that all happened for you. So I discovered dance um, via ballet when I was probably about seven or eight, probably quite late actually for um, somebody who wanted to become a ballerina. Although I have to say, that I do remember being even younger and sticking my mother's records on her beautiful old record player and just moving freely around um, our living room, just moving and dancing and, and loving loving the freedom of it. Um, but I discovered ballet at about seven or eight and decided that that was, that was where I wanted my life to be within ballet. Um, it didn't work out that way. I, I didn't um, continue in a career of ballet, but I absolutely loved it. And, and when I went to college, dance college, I I learned contemporary, which I loved as well, Graham and Cunningham technique. I wasn't a great jazz dancer. <laughs> um, but 
since leaving dance college, I've just been open to learning all types of dance, just exploring all different genres and techniques. I love flamenco and I loved national dance, anything. I love national dance because I love to learn about the culture of um, and the different traditions of dance, you know, throughout the world, different styles and music. And you really get a feel for, I think, the soul of that country, you know, when you learn their national dance. Um, so really, oh, I'm just a, a, a full lover of dance in every way. <laughs> in every form. <laughs> That's every good. Form, That's yes. Good. Well, Absolutely. I do think that each one has something to offer and and mm -hmm. to experience different types of dance is important. But then it sounds like you went in in a very in a completely different and and more specific direction. So tell us about the art of woman and and mm. what is being a sensual feminine embodiment guide. Tell us a bit about that. Okay, so I started wanting to work with women on a deeper level um, because I, I started work as a personal stylist, so I would help women um, cultivate their, the way they presented themselves, but I knew I wanted something that really touched them on a deeper level, that really helped them to unearth all of their potential that helped them to cultivate their confidence to build up their confidence and their connection to themselves so I started working as a, a women's coach as well to really help help them sort of step on those those blocks towards really being able to present themselves and express themselves fully rather than to keep themselves contained in the box and follow what everyone else was doing so i started coaching several years ago and to me i realized probably about four or five years ago that a lot of the reason for disconnect between women and their bodies and their their desire to create and their ability to express was really because of a disconnection to their their bodies and their sensuality and their sexuality because it's it's life force energy isn't it sexual energy absolutely um and there are so many reasons why this disconnect happens uh, there are so many different phases of woman's life where they really struggled to, to to remain in their body rather than living from their head, you know. Um, there's many reasons why they deny their body as a way of expressing themselves. I think for me, I really realized that when you have children, and I'm a mother of three, um, it's it's really difficult to get back to your own body in the way that you see it and the way you feel about it because it changes you know sometimes beyond recognition um so very often we we deny ourselves how our body is feeling how it's looking we don't prioritize 
our bodies in the way that we look after them in the way that we present them because every everyone and everything else is a priority when you become a mother yes and even if you haven't become a mother from the fact that you've actually birthed a child i have realized that this sort of mid phase of a woman's life is very often the stage when you are disconnected from that sensual sexual embodied energy because you are putting everything else out into the world if you haven't had a child you've birthed a career you know you're nurturing something usually at this mid phase of life and so we and forget that life also pushes us into our heads in in general i think uh if you're in culture in society you're being pushed out of your body and into your head so yeah. um for whatever reason i think this is a a common occurrence amongst mm -hmm. women is really losing that connection with the body absolutely yes and very often we are conditioned to feel that feeling into the feminine body is a weakness you know we are expected to forge ahead in a very masculine way and so many women have denied the femininity the softness the feeling into the body um because they want to keep up with with everyone and everything else and they want to show they want to prove that they are doing everything they possibly can to you know remain on a level and they're just not listening to their bodies um they are not using their bodies to their their advantage their feminine bodies in a way that i suppose they deny the goddess within okay so i i'm i'm a, a lover of goddess culture and the fact that in ancient civilizations womanhood's femininity goddess culture was so revered you know over the gods i believe and we were upheld many centuries ago us as women us as goddesses that feminine energy that sexuality and we have forgotten ourselves i mean we we all know that the patriarchy and various religious sects took over that um that took our power away because they were frightened of it right so we lived under that suppression for many centuries but i do feel also that women can disconnect from their feminine power themselves in in these days because we feel that we have to be keeping up with men we feel that we have to show that we are as strong and that we can do everything that they do we've forgotten and, that our femininity is important <laughs> and it and it's a power as it is a superpower yes, yes. We and we need it for balance yes yes absolutely and harmony you know i think there's a lot of disharmony nowadays between yes men women society because nobody really feels into their own bodies and their own um their own energy their 
overpowering energy they, they deny because I suppose we are being we are being moved towards being everything and not really leaning into our own powers. So how mm. is the work that you're doing? How is this how does this help women to reconnect to their bodies and their femininity, their passions, whatever? How how do you do that? So um I do like to use dance and movement. That is why I'm here <laughs> very often because I know that it is the most potent way of of embodying that energy, of imbuing our bodies and our souls with that energy of the the feminine essence, the um, the expression, the creativity. I mean, dance and movement is so powerful for conjuring up our our unique expression of creativity and that is that's another quality that is really important i think for the feminine body to to really keep on cultivating that creativity because we are creators aren't we you know it's it's within us and if we don't it's give ourselves our anatomy yes mm, it absolutely is and so yes even if we're not creating a life I feel that if we're not creating something, we we feel a little dead inside, you know, that there is something that we need to put out there to birth into the world. And so by bringing in movement and dance, women learn how to connect back to that body, to really feel emotions moving through their bodies, to enable them to release anything that is negatively stagnant and, and stuck within the body. There's nothing like dance for, for doing that. There's many different techniques that I have studied over the years to get rid of stagnant energy. And, but you can also imbue the, the body with, with power and affirmations of you know, greatness and, and beauty. And I very often use affirmation into pose and movement. Sorry, my birds come out. Um, into pose and movement so that they can really feel themselves fully embodying those those affirmations, those beliefs, those spells that they are creating with their body to help them gain confidence and self-love and self-worth and knowledge of their power as women as well. And you offer burlesque muse workshops. Mm. Tell us tell so, us what that is and yes. So I came to burlesque um, probably about five, six years ago. And for me, having come from a very uh, strict balletic background where you know you all had to keep in line and do the same steps and have your leg at a certain height and be the perfect body shape as well when I discovered burlesque and that it was something that you could create to be just your own it, you could create whatever you wanted whatever story you wanted to portray you could use whatever music you wished, 
whatever way you wanted to move. It was absolutely um, your own theatre piece to create, you know, and the freedom in that is so exciting because I never liked keeping in line right. And so this is why I wouldn't have been a great <laughs> ballerina. I didn't like sticking to rules and conforming. Um, and I, I didn't want to be the same as everyone else. I wanted to stand out and I had my own passions and, and ways that I wanted to do things. And so when I discovered burlesque and that freedom, it was just so exciting. And having worked, maybe, maybe explain yeah. what burlesque is because mm. I'm not sure that everyone knows what that is. Yeah, of course. Okay, and, so, and I have my own understanding of it, but it yeah. may not be <laughs> it may not of be course. what you're talking about at all. So burlesque, uh, it's it, it is deriving from the Italian word burlesco, which actually may, means to make a sort of comical spectacle of oneself. So originally when burlesque started, they were very comical sketches. Um, yes, usually making um, a joke out of, out of the performer. And then it, it developed into a, a more glamorous art form you had the folly berger and and the moulin rouge dancers who um who used it to express that more sexual erotic side of woman when they moved so you know you had the cancan dancers within the moulin rouge and it was um it was shocking you know to be um, flashing bits of skin that previously, you know, in the Victorian period, you didn't show ankles, right? So even a flash of calf was hugely shocking. Um, and, and it developed. So um, from more chorus pieces, you then began to get um, solo performers in the 1940s I mean you had Josephine Baker in the 20s and 30s as well you had Gypsy Rose Lee um oh gosh many many of those very classical noir Hollywoods um glamour icons you know would use the the art form to allure and seduce and um you know it was at the height of the time of glamour when women were really, I think, revered for their their sensual power. Um, and then it really, I think it, it had a rebirth around the early 90s with Dita Von Tees. And it is, it is known as an art form. It is effectively a striptease, but it is so much more than that. It is about women standing in their power. Um, it's about them expressing themselves. It's about them absolutely being in the knowledge of their greatness, you know, within their bodies and how they want to look. And this is why I realized that there was 
so much more to the art form than just coming at it from a performative point of view. And I realized that, you know, when I started performing, so many women would come up to me and say, oh my God, I've always, I've always been intrigued and um, I've always wanted to learn and I've always wanted to go and watch burlesque. And, you know, very often the, the audience at burlesque shows are female because they are just absolutely captivated by by the shows, by the performers, by the variety, by um, just how glamorous and exciting it is. And so I realized that I could use the art form to help women to really unearth their own creative expression, to come back to themselves and who they were as women and how they wanted to portray themselves. So the whole meaning behind the burlesque muse is that I, I ask my, my ladies to create this muse in their mind, this burlesque muse. And I also call it a higher power persona, right? It's like an alter ego. So um, many women that come to my burlesque muse workshops, they're not thinking of actually performing on stage necessarily. Um, but it really is to help them bridge the gap between the woman that they are right now. And very often that is a woman who is ashamed of their body, who uh, feels sad that they've lost excitement and glamour and sensual power you know, very often they're mothers or they've been through the menopause, their bodies have changed a lot. Um, there's a lot of mundanity in their lives. They're either rearing children or they're just working really hard. And I get them to create this muse and we work, we work on, on conjuring her up over a matter of weeks. And it's all about yeah, bridging the gap between who they were when they started and, and coming to meet this muse, so that, which is effectively who they were anyway inside, but she's usually really deeply rooted beneath, um, under layers of shame and doubt and self-loathing and whatever it is that we get really bogged under as women. And we work together over a matter of weeks and months to really unearth the desires of each woman. And they're all, you know, they're unique. We should absolutely enjoy cultivating our uniqueness. So I never teach women the same routines and I never give them the same steps. I don't believe that that... Um, really helps with anything because then you're just asking them to conform to a certain look and a certain way of moving. I ask them to really think about what music most moves them, how they want to move their body and to become really intimate with their body and the music as well, because I think that it's so important. You know, if you're going to express yourself in a most empowered and sensual way, you have to feel intimate with yourself. 
and the music as well it has to move and rouse you uh, so we work with um you know disconnect from body and um and to really become friends which i think is the minimum level that we need to do as women with our bodies we at least need to become friends with them again if not you know in a state of absolute love <laughs> which isn't always step possible. by step yes exactly it's not always possible but but yeah. the minimum level we need to attain is that friendship with our body that acceptance that forgiveness that our bodies uh, might not be exactly as well we, i think also the ability yeah. to stand naked in front of yourself to be able to expose your yourself to yourself, which yeah. most of us can probably not do. And yes. that may be why we have an obsession with what we put on our bodies mm -hmm. so that possibly no one will actually see ourselves, yeah. our true selves, our, our inner yeah. selves. Absolutely. It's so true. Yes. And it is something that I do usually tell my ladies to, to, to do, to work up towards. You know, we use, uh, I call it mirror magic practices, where I ask them to gaze in the mirror, first looking straight into their eyes, and then, yes, um, effectively strip down layer by layer the levels of, of self-loathing and, and embarrassment and disconnect. Um, and if they can, yeah, the ultimate goal is to be able to stand in front of yourself naked. Absolutely. Because if we can't do it for ourselves, how can we do it for somebody else? And I like to think of burlesque as in, instead of stripping away the clothes, it is it's stripping away those layers of shame and, um, and sadness. You know, there's so much sadness because we are... We're all feeling that we need to look in a certain way in order to be the expected perfect woman, you know, but everyone is perfect. But um, there's well, I many think ways. That's, that's that the dance of the seven veils. I mean, that was Ishtar's mm -hmm. dance of the seven veils was yes. her descent through the seven gates. And I remember yeah. once working with this and I was working, I was, I, I, I was in front of a mirror and I was working with these veils and I had these veils on and I was, I was sort of thinking through this and working through this. And I had all these veils on myself and I had the straight, Ooh, I'm getting goosebumps. I had the strangest experience. Mm -hmm. I looked up in the mirror and I could see the goddess standing in front of me. And it was me, but it wasn't me at the same time. And that was that was profound. I can't even explain what happened. There was some kind of shift in my thinking. But I think that was the moment that I saw the goddess inside of me or or the goddess around. Or I don't even know how to explain that, but that we were one in the same. Yes. And, um, and it was shocking to me because I'm, I'm not a person that tends to look in the mirror to begin with, like the dance that I do, we do not do in front of mirrors so that you can be more in your, 
your inner space. So this was really yes. for me, <laughs> there something so out of character for me to be doing mm -hmm. in the first place. And then to see something so beautiful was, yeah, it was, it was definitely shifted my, my thinking and my perspective. Yeah. I love that. And I do believe that all women are so beautiful when they dance. And even though so many women think they can't dance, it is so deeply within us, this movement, this woman, woman's dance. You know, women have been dancing from day one. It's only in recent decades that we have begun to, to shun um, the dance for various reasons. But, you know, we, we dance to celebrate, we dance to grieve, to pray, to seduce. And I think that when a woman is free in her body and freely expressing herself, there is nothing more beautiful. I remember watching a video of women probably in their 70s and up just freely moving in a some convention. I don't know exactly what it was, but it absolutely oh, stopped me in my tracks. I just, I felt incredibly moved by it because to witness that, that joy and absolute liberation from all of the other stuff that, that we have to go through in life, you know. I know that when I am dancing, I am elevated above all of the mundanity, all of the, the stressful, the stressful stuff of life. <laughs> I need to say a naughty word. <laughs> you know. And I um, think it's something I you exude. At the beginning of. It's yes. a light that shines when, when women are really Absolutely. empowered and centered in the dance there's something that yeah. radiates some that some kind of beauty light whatever you want to call it mm. that just radiates out of them and i think that's the problem is we're spending too much time looking from the other direction and what does this movement look like what am i when in like? fact yes. someone who's watching you is actually enthralled by what you're exuding and probably Absolutely. doesn't even notice the movement that you're doing. It's like watching children, isn't it? When they don't have dance training, they're not following specific steps, but to watch a child move freely from their own heart is the most magical thing. And yeah, as you said, Leslie, and I always say this to women that are in the Muse program, if, say, you wanted to use the art of burlesque um, to seduce, so some women, they want to come and they want to learn how to move in a sensual way and they want to learn to strip tease, which I, I can offer help with as well, I said, but if you wanted to be using burlesque as a perform, a, a, in a performance way, as a way of seducing, you absolutely have to have seduced yourself first you have to be in love with your body with the way it's moving um and 
I guess that's the sacredness of it really, isn't it? It's that, it's that magic of absolutely being within your own body, as you said, not looking out at it from a performative uh, point of view. It's, it's almost a transcendence, isn't it? And so if anyone was to watch, like when you watch children, move freely it's yeah they are elevated and they are so joyful and you can see how how happy they are and anyone who is watching somebody else dance move perform a striptease perhaps they would feel it if you were feeling ashamed or uh self-conscious you know those emotions can be conveyed so i help women by saying you absolutely have to have seduced yourself first you have to be so in love with the way your body moves and the way your body feels um yeah and and i think that's powerful. also the the feminine the direction of movement is receptive so we're pulling in rather than than pushing out you have to have that open yourself to that receptivity so that you're drawing in mm. if you were doing it for someone else you're drawing you're drawing in rather than yeah. than than pushing something out i believe that too i actually i was speaking to a friend the other day who is a qigong practitioner and she was saying that in um the, the tradition of that of that style of dance and movement um, that the dance is a masculine act because it's more outward and I said oh I'm really surprised actually because for me dance is so feminine but I, I did understand um, that there was that it could be viewed upon in that light, but I look at it as a, a way of receiving when I dance. I don't do it for anyone else. I don't do it as a performance. You know, but even I if I am on stage on the dance form. Yeah, perhaps. Because yes. ballet, I think, is very masculine. It's everyone yes. has to be exactly the same. And that's part, the core True. should all be lifting their leg to the same mm -hmm. height. And, and you would be scolded if you were, if you do something out of that. So yeah, I really do think mm -hmm. it depends. Traditionally, if someone says dance, that may be what they're thinking about. So, mm. and then that that makes sense that you would define it that way but i yeah. do think there are different forms of dance yes i completely agree with that yes and those and which just, are sort of free movement or yeah. pulling in would be mm. a, a much more feminine yes type absolutely yes yeah absolutely um so what else? What else? Well, and you studied uh, Isadora Dan Duncan mm. dance. What? Tell us a bit about that, and and what you um, gained from from that whole experience. So Isadora Duncan, for anyone that 
isn't okay with her and her history. Um, she was a dancer of the early 19th century. She was from San Francisco. Um, she, she was so inspired by the, she, she first discovered um, Grecian pottery in the Museum of London when she came to visit London. And she was absolutely enamored with the classical Grecian um, poses on the, the pottery. And I believe she had been dancing before she came to London, but she from then on was very led by the goddess, the, the Grecian goddess style of movement and the expression, the language through the bodies. Um, we studied Tanagra poses, I remember, which is, you know, every every movement has, you would be touching the, the tunic or the sandal. I, I can't show you all here because I'm on a little camera, but um, it was really using your body to... Um, as, as language, as dance is, but she was one of the first to break away from the conformity of ballet. She hated ballet. And she believed that all movement came from the solar plexus, so the soul. And that even though there was a technique and there was a language that she devised with her, with her movements, um, it all felt so much freer than any form of dance that had come before that. So as I said, yes, she was um, very moved by Grecian style poses. Um, so she would wear very sheer tunics and this is the early 1900s. So um, that was outrageous for a woman to be dancing barefoot and in sheer tunics. So I was thinking about this earlier. In a way, she was almost a, a very, very early form of a burlesque performer because um, she outraged so many, uh, so many theatres when she went to perform, you know, so scantily clad. They hadn't seen anything like that before. And she really, um, she really lived her life as she as she danced her dances, she believed um, that women should be free from conforming to the societal expectations, whether it be the way she dressed, whether it be the way she ran her um, relationships. She was very famous for having some very scandalous relationships, love affairs, children out of um, marriage, you know, which for, for those days was, it was a, a scandal. She was always creating scandal. And in Boston, one day she arrived on stage and she pulled down her tunic and bared her breasts. And some of you might know this very famous quote. She said, you were wild here once. Don't let them tame you. You know, so in a way, <laughs> it's a Tora Duncan was the first burlesque dancer. Yes. And that is really what I think that we can um, we can imbue our lives and our bodies with that, that wildness that that we let leave us once we start, you know, entering into puberty and learning that we have to look at, feeling we have to look a certain way, stop moving in a certain way, you know, stand in line, behave ourselves, <laughs> you know, and um, 
that's why I love Isadora so much, not just for her dance, which to me, when I see women dance, Isadora dance, and I've seen women of all ages, you know, up in well into their 70s, um, dance, dunk and dance. For me, it is just the most beautiful way to see a, a woman move because it, it does, you can feel it coming from the soul. There's a very different energy. You can feel the she energy. She was a pioneer. Yeah. Absolutely. She really, really was. Yeah, so a very, very important um, dance icon to me. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing your experiences and, and your your dance. I think this is an important um, way for women to, as you said, to connect with their bodies and and I think what you're offering is is something beautiful. So if people Thank want you. to get in touch with you, you have a website. Yes. That's right. Theartofwomen.co.uk. Uh, Art of Woman. Yes. That's and right. They can find you on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Laura Jane, the Art of Woman. That's right. Woman. I should say that more Woman. clearly. Yeah. Woman. <laughs> Otherwise, you will not find her. Yes. <laughs> and all of these will be in the show notes. So uh, you can go there as well. And on YouTube, mm. The Art of Woman. Yeah. All right. right. Yes. So anything else you would like to leave us with before you go? Really, that I believe that the work that I do with women just leads them to be free, freer than possibly they've ever been. Um, it enables them to yeah, bring out that muse and that inner diva, and it enables them to bring more glamour, excitement, joy, into into their lives because I just feel it's something that we all want more of and all need of uh, need more of in our lives. Yes, and it's it's completely possible. It it really is, and I believe that women should feel more free within themselves and the way that they can move and express and present themselves. And it's such a joy to work with women on this process towards meeting their, their burlesque muse. It's the most exciting thing for me and for them to take them on that journey. Well, that's mm. beautiful. Thank you. And thank you for offering that. I think, yes, we need, we need more joy in the world. So <laughs> mm. <laughs> however that comes, yes. find it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, thank absolutely. you. Thank you thank for being you. here and, and sharing with us. All right. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you, Leslie. And thank you to the audience for being here and listening. And we do have a playlist with other podcast episodes. So if you would like to um, hear other women and their, their experiences with sacred dance, please look at that and please check out 
Laura's website and the classes that she offers. And you can connect with her through her website, Instagram. I've been following her on Instagram for a long time. So I've seen this, this evolution. So it's, um, it's very nice to, to see how it's come and moved into dance. All right. Well, I hope you will join us again next month when I have another new guest. And as I mentioned, please look at the uh, other episodes. All right. Thank you for being here. Bye-bye.